Welcome to Too Smart for This, a podcast dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others, hosted by me, Alexis Barber. In this show, we invite real people and experts to share their stories about how they navigate an ever-demanding society and talk about the personal decisions we make from career to health and wellness. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Too Smart for This. I am so excited about this week's episode with Jazzy. Jazzy is an incredible TikToker. She is so funny. She got her start on TikTok by talking about her favorite TV shows like Glee and Grey's Anatomy. We both cry at every single episode of Grey's Anatomy and are still up to date. So if you are just like love TV, if you love Days in the Life, if you love relatable content, follow her on TikTok because she is so amazing. She just hit 65K and I'm so proud of her. We recorded this conversation about a month ago um, and I just had a bunch of other interviews that were lined up. So I hate that it is already a month later. But it is an incredible episode, and we both talk about our shared experiences as mixed women with white mothers. We talk about growing on social media and how tough that's been. We talk about work. We talk about how Jazzy literally quit college to become an incredible real estate agent at the age of 19 and sold over a million dollars in less than 40 days. Uh, Can you believe that? Um, She now also continues to work full-time in real estate while being a bad bitch and living her best life. So please follow her on TikTok, on Instagram. She has incredible content. I love her so much. And the audio on my side is a little bit wonky on here, but just bear with me. Um, Her content is so good that like you will love this conversation, especially if you're a mixed woman. But if you are anyone who is interested in content and content creation and just sort of like figuring out who you are and what your confidence is, this is the episode for you. Thank you so much for listening and let's get into it. Amazing. Okay. Welcome to Too Smart for This. I'm so excited to talk to you and get to know you after our mutual TikTok commentings. Yeah. When you messaged me and said that like you low-key fangirled when I followed you, I was like, oh my, because I didn't even realize you followed me. Like one of your videos came on my For You page and I was like, oh my gosh, this girl seems so cool. And then I like said follow back. I was like, you're you're joking. So I was really excited. I was so excited because like I love your videos and you're like probably one of the only like other <laughs> I don't know we're like the same person if you yeah yeah. yeah that I'm here for it but you are getting big on TikTok I think you just hit 60k right yeah just just finally and like I had the worst I had I had only had like 12k I feel like in like in December no way. Yeah, and I don't even know. I, I'm trying to like think back because I have in my journal every single day. Like, not that social media matters, but it matters when like you're trying to make it on social media. I like write what my stuff is every single day in it, and mm-hmm. I like got really away from journaling for a while because I just got busy and didn't make it a priority. Even though that was like my New Year's resolution, but <laughs> I was like looking back in it the other day, and it literally said like I it was like twelve point eight, I think, like the week, the first week of December, and I was like, oh wow. But I feel like it's important to like look at that to like recognize when there's growth so like when there isn't growth you can be like oh well like this happened clearly i mean i um also am i too loud no okay good. I don't think so. okay good. um so i realized that i grew so much on tiktok literally just 
in the last like three months because I actually didn't start making them to, to, until December. So I'm at like oh, wow. right now. And you're at 660, which is wild. Like uh, you said, you like journal it. So are you really trying to make it on TikTok, social media, et cetera? That's, that's the goal. And like the thing is, like I really honestly had no desire to do so. But when I got laid off, like la- I got laid off last April. And that's like when I first, I downloaded TikTok like right, like probably a month before that happened, but I never made videos. I just kind of went on it. Um, but then when I got laid off, I was like, I literally have nothing to do because I was working even at that point, probably like 10 hours a day. Um, so wow. when I went from that to like having literally nothing to do and like, it was like the two weeks after COVID started. So it was the peak of like everyone losing their jobs. So like jobs just weren't out there. So I was like, I'll just make TikToks. And I actually started rewatching Glee which I watched like when I was in high school. Oh my God. I love. Oh my gosh. I, I, knew, I figured you might watch something like that. But I started making TikToks about like things that were in it. Because I was just like, I watched it when it first came out, like when it was out weekly. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like they really said some stuff in here. And I started making TikToks about that. And that's what I started getting traction on was that. And that's all I had. That's all I made videos about for like my first like three months. I mean, it's, so clear how absurd Glee was like I actually can't think about like how insane we were when we were out here just like letting them say the most crazy things and so out of pocket. It's so funny to watch what you've like what you showed with it too yeah no I, I I don't know how they got away with that and I was obsessed with that show when it came out like I called out of school the day that Corey Monteith died like I oh he, and I remember he died on a Monday because I made him my man crush Monday that day. Because um, that's what that, that was still a thing. Wait, um, that really took me back. That really yeah. took me back for a second when you said man crush Monday. Yeah, like I was un, I was so unwell because like, I was like watching it weekly. And like my middle school teacher reached out to me. And I was in high school at this point. But mm-hmm. she reached out to me because I used to watch it weekly. And she used to be like, I don't know why you're watching this show. Like this is not appropriate for you. And I was like, what the heck? It's just people singing. And now I rewatch them. Like I totally get her point now. Um, that made a lot of sense. Like, exactly. There was some inappropriate stuff in there. <laughs> I mean, I it's funny because like I went to boarding school, random, I know. But my um, – like we loved watching it there, but like my my family's like super Christian and like very like not into um, anything that has gay people in it. So it's mine. Period. Right. So like I don't know how I got away with watching Glee for that long, and I think it's just because at school I didn't have any supervision. Yeah, no, that's a my mom's friend actually gave me Glee on DVD, and that's how I started watching the first couple seasons. And I watched it in the car with her. And like, oh, wow. I don't get how she never, she never, I don't think she was paying attention. She couldn't have been because right. my you family just singing. Yeah. But my family is also super religious. My grandpa's a pastor. Like my mother grew up like in the church and still like we argue about it all the time. Um, mm. So yeah, it's just interesting to like look back and be like, oh wow, I was watching that so young. It's so crazy. But so I would love for speaking of your childhood, um, for you to give a quick intro of who you are, what you're doing. And like you talked about how you started on TikTok, but like what's everything like, who else are you? Yeah. Um, so I'm Jasmine. I'm 24. I live in Denver, Colorado currently. Um, I'm originally from Alaska. So that's where I grew up. I was there for 18 um, very long years, it seems like. No and way. I, yeah. Yeah. Alaska. 
please yeah. tell me please tell me how what that was like especially because you're black and i need to understand yeah and that's the number one question i feel like i get on tiktok whenever i make anything related to like being from alaska people like are like there's black people there i'm like yeah um i mean there's like not a lot but like there definitely like is um but like to be honest i grew up like super ignorant like i grew up with my white side of my family like, mm, like too. my mom never really acknowledged the fact that i was black um and there wasn't a lot of black people there in the first place and like most of my friends were white and like the two friends i had like growing up that were also black they grew like they grew up with their white side so right we didn't and like my mom like i said never acknowledged that i was black and didn't really make it a thing and like i talked to her about this recently because i didn't really like discover that until like i was in therapy one time um but like so i don't really feel like i noticed anything because i was just so ignorant at the time that's so interesting to think about um i feel like i knew there was a difference because like the first eight years of my life I was living in rural Missouri which I'm not going to compare to Alaska but was still very ignorant and I was with my white side as well and it was like a very we don't see color type of family mm-hmm. even though there was like black people and so it wasn't until I moved to St. Louis and like was living like with pretty much completely black people that I was like oh there's a difference in this culture and it's so crazy but my mom also was so reluctant to acknowledge it just because she was like well like that every like we don't see color type of thing that she had grown up around I feel like it's the same way like to like to this day I never really hung around my black side of my family because like my parents never got married and my dad was in the military so he was like gone all the time Mm -hmm. and like my mom and him didn't end very well so I got my mom's side of things and I stuck with that and never like let my dad like talk to me Mm -hmm. like I I, I closed that door completely and like I talked to my mom like recently because I realized like I resent her so much because like I never like was around that side of my family because I just took her word like not to say like that her situation like didn't matter but like I didn't get to form my own opinion yeah I feel the same way about like well I I mean I didn't know my father at all either and I still don't know that I necessarily like have an interest in it but I do feel a similar resentment to my mom for like not understanding what it meant to bring a black child into the world yes no, I talk about that with my mom all the- Do you watch This Is Us? No, I don't. I need to. And like everyone tell, I, I know I would, but it's like you are similar to me in that you cry at everything. Like I <laughs> yes. just don't know if I'm ready for to take on the emotions. Oh, yeah. You definitely take on the emotions in this one. But I'll literally send you a scene after this. But there's a particular scene. And um, basically, he's just explaining to his sister, like Randall, he's black and his sister is like white. And he grew up with a, with a white family. Um, never knew his, anyone from his black side at all. And they, everyone was like, they were like bringing in like the whole George Floyd thing and talking mm-hmm. about it. And his family kept apologizing to him. And he's like, why are you apologizing? Like, he's like, she's like, this always happens. Like you've never reached out before. And mm-hmm. he's like, I like felt so alone. Like no one ever acknowledged the fact that I was black. It was just ignored. And I said it to my mom and she called me and she's like, what and it's like so confused and I was like that's like that was how I felt because she mm. watches the show also and she's like never like realized the importance of it and like we still haven't really talked about it since then because I think it was just like too much for her and she's like she just like tries to like feel bad about it which makes mm-hmm. me feel bad for bringing it up but like it doesn't take away from the fact that like it was difficult for me right and I feel the same way with 
not just my mom, but more more like my extended family because mm-hmm. my mom has started to open herself up to understanding because she recognized like how much I went through, like I went to a super racist high school, for example. And she, in that moment, which was also when Mike Brown died and we're from St. Louis. So like Mike Brown died in like, like near our house, honestly. And we were like, and I was like very taken aback by like the amount of racism happening around us. And my dad was always stopped by like the Ferguson police all the time. And like my mom noticed the racism there, but it wasn't until then when I, like a 15 year old started learning about it from like literally Twitter. Yeah. That was everyone's awakening. I think was Twitter. Mm-hmm, exactly. Or Tumblr. Like I was on Tumblr. Yeah. Then too. And like when that happened and I had to like explain to my mom, like all this stuff happening, she started wanting to learn about it and she did a good job of that. But then the rest of my family, like absolutely not. Like they were absolutely like, and they still are like Trump supporters. And it's just like, how can you dismiss my experience in the name of Christianity? Like so much. Yeah. No, that, that that's exactly how it is. It's so crazy. So yeah, there's so much baggage that comes with bringing black children into this world. And then like we grow up and we have to figure it all out ourselves. That's the thing too. And I feel like, like for me, like my experience, like I, I like I said, never been around my black side at all. And like still haven't, like I met my dad, like I met him a few times when I was younger, but like we never like continued talking because I my mom stuff was in my head, whatever. But I met him and two of my sisters um, two years ago, like in July. But like, mm-hmm. other than that, like, I really haven't been around black people. And I like, it's crazy. Like, I talked to my therapist about this. I'm like, I'm uncomfortable because I, I, I know I'm so ignorant on so many topics. And like, I spend time educating myself. But it's like, I've done that all on my own. And like, I just haven't been in an environment where like I've been around a lot of them. Yeah. And it's like, that's completely fine. And like a poser. Don't and I know I know what you mean because I felt that way um a lot ever since like ever since high school where it's like in that environment I was like one of three black people and then I go to college and I didn't know where to fit in in that environment either and so it did feel ignorant because it's like when you don't grow up with a black mom then it's like oh god like everybody just there's so much to be said about that whole system but it's important to note that like black people and mixed people we don't all have the same experience Mm -hmm. you know yeah i think there's there's definitely a big difference between having between which parent is black for sure and it's like oh my goodness so are you like it, it is uncomfortable if you like haven't grown up in that environment and then you like expose yourself to being around black people like how have you done that or are you planning on doing that or when did you have this sort of awakening of like recognizing your frustration with your family um I I mean I've been in situation I guess when I moved to Dallas so I moved from Alaska to Arizona to Dallas back to Arizona and then to Denver um okay so I like when I like I'd never really like in Arizona like I moved there for work and I just worked all the time. And like, I had friends from high school that were also in Arizona. So that's primarily who I hung out with. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, they were all white cause that was all of Alaska basically. And then I moved to Dallas and I didn't know anyone there, but I got transferred there for work. Um, and the one person I knew there was black. So I hung out with him and all of his friends. Mm. Um, and like, I like be, like, it was like fine. Like I had a good time and I continued hanging out with them, but it was like a situation I had never really been in before. Um, and like any situation that you haven't been in before, like seems uncomfortable. And it's just like, based on situations that I've been in, it's like, am I going to say the wrong thing? 
Yeah. Just because I haven't been there before, like, in that position. Yeah. But I think being yourself is, like, enough, honestly. Like, and, like, just noting that you might not understand what something is like is, like, good enough for building relationships and, like, claiming who you are. Because at the end of the day, like, your experience is not that uncommon, especially for mixed people who, like, like us, who've been, like, deprived of that relationship. Yeah, I think I was, like, traumatized from, like, my one high school experience. I remember specifically, like, there was, like, a very smaller group of Black people, which I just, like, I had transferred schools, and I only knew one person, mm. and they they were white, and, like, then they were all, like, oh, you're fake Black, and, like, made a ton of jokes about it, and it, like, oh, became yeah. a thing that I was, like, all these different, na- all these different things, but, like, it affected me and, like, made me not want to, like, pursue that, because, mm. like... It's like that one experience like tailored into all the rest. Wow. Yeah, that's very traumatizing, especially when you're a child. And like there's no one for me to talk to about it. Exactly. Because like go to your mom. Exactly. Like Oh my God. I actually talked to my mom because you know, you know my mom were really close when I was really young and then she got re- then she got married and we like weren't close anymore. Mm-hmm. But we had one conversation. This was literally last last summer. We were at we we're at the lake and I like brought up like how difficult like certain things were for me because I just finished therapy that morning and I was like oh whatever like I'll just spit it out oh yeah I know that feeling and she was like what are you talking about like I don't understand how you're going to complain to me right now like you you're it's so simple for you your skin is so nice and tan like your skin you have no acne like all these different things like trying to like take away from my entire experience and just tell me that I was wrong and I just like freaked out on her and she and she then she said to me, she was like, "Do you have any idea what it was like to tell Nana and Papa like that I was having a black child?" And like, oh my god, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like this is the complete opposite of where this was supposed to go. And I'm like, "That was your choice. Like you knew what you were getting into. Like I didn't ask for any of this. Exactly. Like this was just what happened to me." And I was like, I even like prefaced it with like nothing like negative. Like I just want you to know like. Or, like how I feel like I'm trying to like let you know like what something was like for me and she just like wouldn't look internally and then like a week later she didn't apologize but like it was just so reactive like so defensive yeah and it's it's like that for a lot of people like I went to my grandma and I'm like you don't un- like the fact that you could vote for Donald Trump when you literally lived in Ferguson during Mike Brown's death like is beyond me like how can you think that this is like not happening to us or that it's not true or it's like this could have literally been your grandson like I don't understand how this like doesn't make sense to you I even made her watch like 13th and she still at the end of the day just doesn't believe like racism is real and I'm like it doesn't make sense to me like how you can just think this whole thing is just not real and not listen to us and like just go ahead and vote for Donald Trump anyway and like it doesn't make any sense, but it's like if I try to explain to her that I've experienced racism, she's like, you have had so many blessings in your life. Like, mm-hmm. you have this great job. Like, you, like, overcame poverty, and you're, like, doing all this incredible stuff, and, like, you think that racism is still exists, and it's like they just don't want to look internally and, like, make changes in their behavior because they don't understand – or she at least doesn't understand, like, that – two things can be true at once that's the biggest thing is two things can be true at once people don't understand that concept yeah it's like very clear i don't know maybe it's just because we grew up with with having to deal with that concept because we're mixed and two identities are there at once yeah it's so weird 
it's also I think like for like for me like I got most of like my education from social media because like there wasn't someone for me to talk to about it basically Same. Um, so like when you're surrounded by all that and like have those resources and you're seeing it constantly it's it's, it's a lot easier to take in it's very hard to like when you're older to like get out of your ways of like understanding like a new like something that's not new but like kind of is like mm-hmm. when there's all these different things that are happening um and I think like my, my, my grandparents like they, they come from a good place of trying to understand, but it's still like not there, but it's like you're, they're breaking habits of all those different years. That's good. Yeah. And I mean, it is so many years of habits ingrained in them. So it's tough for sure. Oh my goodness. So we got super deep really fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, but I'd love to hear about your, like um, you said you moved all these times and for work, you've talked about this on your TikTok a little bit, but like, what do you do? And um, like, what's your career journey been? Yeah, so I like had no idea what I wanted to do in life. Like when I was like in high school, and, like everyone was applying to colleges. And I was like, I literally don't want to go. Like if I go, I'll be the person who goes to like have a good time, not because like, I'm planning to do XYZ. But I my dad is in the military. And so he had um, like, basically like free school and he like split it up between like his kids and I so I had my first semester free like wherever I wanted to go so I went to the same college as my best friend from high school um I went to U of A in Arizona and Tucson and I went for a semester and I was in a my high school relationship at the time doing long distance so I literally did nothing the entire time I was there um I like went to my classes and I came home and I watched Netflix and then my parents had actually moved from Alaska to Arizona when I graduated high school. So they were like two hours away. And I would mm. literally go home every single Thursday and wouldn't come back until Monday afternoon. So I was like barely in college. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Or I would like go fly and see my boyfriend in like wherever. I don't even remember Oregon, Oregon Seattle, something like that. <laughs> it was like so long ago. My memory is terrible. But <laughs> so I went for a semester and I was like, after that, I was going to have to pay for it. And I was just like, I don't have a desire to do that. So I was like, okay, I'm leaving and I'm moving home. So I moved home and I went to real estate school in Arizona. And after a few months of doing that, I passed all my tests and I started selling real estate. And I was 19 at the time. And I like didn't know. That's a little crazy. That like you're 19 and you're out here like selling real estate. And it was like, it did, but it didn't seem crazy to me as a thing because I'm a very like independent person who's always like had to prove myself in like every way, shape and form. And like in my eyes, like nothing was good enough because like my daddy, mommy issues, all those different things. So Mm. whenever I accomplish anything and to this day, I still do this. Like I don't acknowledge it. I just like, like, what's the next thing? We are the same person. Like, I can't handle this. Like, literally, like, I have never been able to be like, oh, wow, I did such an incredible thing, even though, like, it doesn't feel like that. It just feels like survival, even though it is, like, a very impressive thing. That's, that's, that's the thing. And, like, I feel like that stopped me from being, like, confident, like, growing up, because, like, I was, like, doing a lot, but, like, I didn't ever acknowledge it. So, like, I think it kept me from, like, being confident in all these different ways. But... I started selling real estate. I actually um, had a million dollars worth of real estate in escrow within my first like 40 something days, like in the business, which was like crazy at the time. Like Kevin Williams, like ran an ad with me. Like I, I had made, and at this time, like I had, I had like jobs, like in high school, but I hadn't had like jobs, jobs, like adult jobs. Like I made like $40,000, like in a matter of like a few months. Mm. Um, 
And like, I didn't know what to do with myself. Like I had never made that much money. And like, I didn't have expenses at the time. So I was living at my parents' house. Um, right. But after living with my parents, I think I lived there for like four months. And like, and I made that money during that time. And I was like, I'm moving out. And I bought a house. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And I like, but I was, I was like, I want to buy a house before I turn 20. So I can say like, I did it when I was a teenager. And, um, I started looking for houses um, that were like close to my job. And like, I ended up buying like a, a four bedroom, two bath house with a pool, like on like a quarter of an acre. Like, I bought a, a large house because I wanted to be able to say like that I did that. Like I didn't even want the freaking house. Like in the moment though, I thought I did. Like I yeah. was just so caught up in like, I need to accomplish this so I can say that I did it. And a lot of that came from my um, like mentor at the time. She bought, she like got pregnant when she was 16 moved out of her parents' house, bought her first house when she was 18. Like, I wanted to, like, be her, like, in, at that time. Like, she was making, mm. had a giant house, a great family, was so happy, all these things. So I was like, if I just do what she did, like, in the same time frame, like, I can be like her. Like, and I mindset. hear the mommy issues yes. <laughs> right there because I had the same thing. Like, if I find a female mentor and then you just want to, like, emulate that because you didn't get it from your own parents. Exactly. And the thing is, it was my two mentors were husband and wife. So I met with her husband like weekly and like he was my other mentor and like I like he knew everything about my life like he was basically my dad. And not just that but like I knew their entire family. They had three young kids and they went to school right next to our work. So I picked them up from school every single day just cuz like I wanted to and I was an only child. So like mm. this was like I was like I can have this family if I'm accomplishing all these different things. And then it became like I want to be so good at all this stuff within work like for them. Like, cause like I want to prove myself to them. Like I don't want to let them down. Mm-hmm. It was like oh a crazy goodness. time period. Like, I didn't even realize all of this in the moment until like a few years ago. Of course. And then you get older and you recognize why you were doing what you were doing. So then did you, okay, now you bought a house. Then what happened? Mm-hmm. Um, I remodeled the whole thing um, with my parents and I went to um, this conference about like, understanding yourself it's like a tony robbins conference um, God, no way yeah it's called unleash the power within and i went to that in san diego um right after i had bought my house and i like walked on fire i like stayed up like 40 straight basically like it's actually so insane like it's kind of like cold like but like i was like at the time in my life like i was like i was basically a part of that cold like i was so into it for some reason because i actually yeah. i know why because my mentors were also really into it and like even though like it is very cold vibes, like I did get a lot from it. Like I started to understand like why I did what I did. And like the best thing I ever learned from like that conference was learning to replace my expectations with appreciation. And like, that was like so powerful for me. Um, and just like learning to like let go of stuff. And I came back and I had an identity crisis um, after that um, four days away. And I was like, I'm selling my house and I'm quitting my job. Wow. Because I was just like, I was 19 and all my friends were like in college, partying, doing all this stuff. And I was like, I'm growing up way too fast. And I was just so overwhelmed and so uncomfortable. I was like, I don't want this life. And I quit and I went back to Alaska for like literally probably three weeks. And then I realized, no, like I I want the life that I had. (laughs) So (laughs) I had actually, unfortunately, already sold my house, but like my house was way too big for just me anyway. So like not a big deal. And I was like, let's just like find a happy medium to like where I could be like successful, but like I don't need this exact life. So like I got an apartment, I got a roommate, 
I tried mm-hmm. to like find the balance between the two. So like I went out with my friends who were in college, like on the weekends sometimes. Like I tried to find that balance and that was like really hard to navigate, but mm-hmm. I sort of kind of ish figured it out. Um, and that was like 19 and 20. Wow. So grow up way too fast, recognize you're growing up way too fast and then try and find the balance from it. It's And it feels like you were doing a lot of this like on your own and the guidance you had was just like coming from a few different places that didn't feel like aligned with who you were. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then, I, that's, then after like that, I ha- figured out all that and I went back to my job for like six months and then I was like, I'm just not happy here and I hate to do anything that doesn't bring me happiness. Like I just don't want to waste my life and I feel like if I'm not being fulfilled like that's what I'm doing Mm -hmm. um so I I applied for a different job and I ended up being there for two years and like I thought I honestly would never would have left that job if they didn't lay me off Um, oh wow like I was so happy I loved my coworkers, and like that job brought me brought me from Arizona to Dallas and then back from Dallas they brought me back to Arizona Um, okay and they're like three months later like oh sorry you make too much you gotta go (laughs) and I got booted Wait, when so when was this in relation to the pandemic? This was um and this was I got laid off on I think it was like April the second week of April of last year. Yeah. Oh my god. So and, then you had to find a new job. Yeah, and like at that point in time, like my job was my identity. Like I knew everything there was to know about my position. If anyone had a question, like they could come to me and I would know the answer. Like I was so confident, like and they're like, we're laying off like 65% of our, I think there was like 70% of like our company. I was like, oh, well then I'm fine. Because like mm-hmm. I knew, I, I'd never had a negative review, never had a negative comment. Like I'd worked in two offices. I had like, there was no reason I should have been laid off. Um, so I was like shocked. And because I was working still a ton at that time. And I was just never pictured myself not working there. And I like went into like the deepest depression. I was like literally heartbroken and like, my best friend who I referred to that company, she, she didn't get laid off. Like, and I'm happy she didn't, but it was just like so difficult for me. Cause like we were best friends, like, we still you? are, but like yeah. it made a very weird place in like our relationships. Like I was like in the worst place of my life and she was like thriving. This is so off. Like, first of all, like, do you think there's anything, like, why do you think they laid you off? I don't know. And like, I've asked, like I had my, my exit interview and I didn't get any like, clarification and everyone was shocked that I was laid off like I like so I still annoying. don't understand like why it happened but like and I can find the appreciation in it now because like I am a much happier person like with where, where I'm at with things but like I still just don't understand and I let it eat away at me for like months like I like didn't leave my bed I wasn't eating like I was distraught and then I started making TikTok and like that brought me happiness and, like that's wow. honestly a what pulled me like out of my rut was like just being on there. Like I didn't care what I was posting because I was like, there's literally no, I'm like, life means nothing like in my head at the time mm-hmm. because I was like, who's going to see this? Like I don't have a job. And like at that point I couldn't get one because it was like literally the peak of the everyone getting laid off. Right. It was like the same week that like Airbnb, Zillow. Like, oh my God. I remember like, the Airbnb drama. Yeah. Like when all, it was the same, like the same week. It was the same week that my company did. So it was just like, what's the point of life? I was just like, I don't even care about anything, which honestly turned out to be good because I got TikTok out of it. But I moved out of my apartment and I moved to my parents' house. I lived there for like three months until I found a new job. 
Jesus. Okay, so we found and wow. So then you found a new job and it was like absurd and you just quit it. So like what happened there? Yeah. Um so I was actually worked from home from my parents' house for the first like month or two. Mm-hmm. Um and then I was like I knew I had to like go to Denver. Like they're like you have to move there eventually. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. So like I was like one day one day I was just like, okay, like I got done with therapy. Therapy always makes me do things. Um I got <laughs> done with the session. I was like, okay, like let's look at apartments, let's move. Um, beautiful. Um, <laughs> um, but wow, it's still going. Mm. It's a long one. Seriously, it's only done by then. Okay, I think it's off. Yeah, we're good. Um, but I was like, okay, so I like virtually toured apartments for um, places in Denver. And then I moved and I, I lived, always lived in a one bedroom, but I was like, oh, let's, let's try a studio because I was like, I just can't keep things clean. And so I figured like, let's try something new. And I ended up finding this place. I had never been to Denver before, before I moved. I'd never been no here. Way. I didn't know anybody. I was like, let's just wing it. Like, I'm just feeling very courageous ever since this pandemic happened. Um, but I, I drove by That's myself. I New York, yeah. Yeah. Um, drove by myself, moved, went back a week later, brought my dog back with me, and like just been. And I was working from home for this job too, for the job I just quit. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't disconnect myself from working. And I felt guilty when I, like, my hours, I was working seven to seven, mm. um, three days a week. And then I would do, um, another seven to seven with a different position one day a week, but at the same job. And mm. then like a project day the other day. So I was working like a ridiculous amount, and, but so was everybody else. And it's so funny because when I interviewed for this job, I wrote my take home assignment on boundaries and no balance because at my last job, I loved it, but I didn't have either. Cause I was the yes man. Like everyone knew if they needed something, I would do it. Because, like, but I, but I didn't care because like I genuinely just like loved the job and the company so much. I was like, what can I do to help it get to where it needs to go? And they IPO'd right after I left. Um, stop. Yeah. Um, but Did you lose stock? Are you upset? I, I got I got um I got some of my stock because half of it vested. Like, I got laid off at two years on my two year okay. anniversary. So I mean, like okay. it was such a crazy time. But I mean, I'm happy for them. And I actually could have could have gone back, but I already had a new job. Mm. And now I don't want to move back to Phoenix, which is where I'd have to go to go back to that job. But like, it definitely mm. crosses my mind. But I also realized like I never would have left if they didn't lay me off. So like, I feel like I just needed to take it like a new path, like with life. Mm-hmm. Um, so like opened up a good, a good door for me. But yeah, working yeah. too much. And if I didn't work, like if I, I knew my manager like supported me and if I asked for time off, like I could have it, but I didn't take a single PTO day. I was there. I was there only there for six months. But if I took the time off, he would have covered for me, which I didn't mm. think was fair to him or like anybody else, which wasn't their fault. It was like the company's fault. But I just felt too guilty and it was just like, it was not fun. Yeah. So like clearly you've had a longer career than than like most people your age and have worked in like all these different areas. Like to you, what, like how, how do you make, sure you maintain your boundaries now and like decide what you want or like what would you have told yourself before you took these jobs to be sure that like you did have your boundaries yeah um and that's the funny thing is when I started this most the the new job I just quit I was like I'm so excited because no one knows that I was a workaholic and I wrote this thing on boundaries so I'm going to be able to like create a new personality basically 
Mm. which I was so stoked for. And then I just fell back into my old ways of just like being a people pleaser, basically, and not doing what was best for me. And I think that happens when you, like, I don't consistently check in with myself and like recognize where I'm at. Like I said, like when I'm journaling, I try to put like how my day was, rate my day. And I put like my amount of growth in like different areas of my life. And like when I don't do that, it's very hard. I try to review it and look back on it. But like if there's mm-hmm. something to look back on, it's very hard to make adjustments. So I think, I mean, right now with this new job, I just started this last week, I'm being very purposeful of like making sure I'm putting in where I'm at so I can recognize if it's not good so I can like cor- try to course correct it. And if I can't, like I need to find a new place, which is like yeah. how I felt with this job. So how long have you been journaling for? And like you mentioned journaling with social media because like you're interested in making it a full-time job. Like, did you get any of that from like the Tony Robbins stuff or is this like, how else did it come into your life? Um, Tony Robbins played a big part when I was like uh, 19, 20, a little bit of 21 maybe. But after that, I was like, oh my gosh, it's such a, such a, such a, uh, such a cult. And I was like, I got to get out. So I just like, I take bits and pieces, like with certain things like that I appreciate from it, but I don't really get into it anymore. Honestly, my journaling like really came back from TikTok. Because, like, somehow one day I ended up, like, on journal TikTok for some reason. And I just, like, felt like that's just, like, a sign that I needed to get back into it. And when I do consistently journal, I do feel significantly better. But, like, once you miss a day or two, it's very hard to get back into it. So um, true. Once you miss it, it's, like, Yeah. So Which is why I was my new resolution. I was, like, I'm not missing a day. And then I missed a day. Then I missed a month before I knew it. And... Mm. I had to like check myself like when I started this new job I was like this you have it but why didn't I have time honestly with my last job I was exhausted well, yeah you were exhausted and so I just didn't do it but now I'm like I have such a balance I'm so much it's only like I'm only training and onboarding right now but mm. I just know that, like I'm going to actually have a balance like I've just been able to get more stuff done and like not be tired um so I've made yeah. I've made it a priority to like go to the gym and to journal and to have some sort of routine where I couldn't have one before because my schedule was a disaster. Right. So now you work um, or now you are on TikTok and TikTok yeah. is like a big part of your life. Of course, you're like killing it on there. So what ha- like how have you gone about like growing it? Do you just post whenever you want? Is it like a, um, like I guess like what's your strategy behind it if you have one? Yeah. Um, well, at first my strategy was just like Glee and Grey's Anatomy, to be honest. And, like that like got yeah. me like some a good chunk of followers. But then I realized like, if I'm only posting that, I can never start to post me. And it's going to like keep me like in a box. So I tried mm. to do like 60, 20, and 20 of like different, of like 20 me, 60 Glee, Grey's Anatomy, and then 20 of just like random stuff. Um, yeah. Which like then I started to get traction on things that I just posted about just, just me also. Um, but now I also have just gained so much confidence from TikTok because a lot of things like that I would post about like where I feel like it was just me. Like when you get comments mm-hmm. saying like, I thought it was just me or like me too, or like this helped me with this or like whatever it is, like it makes such a big difference. And like, it makes, I like feel like purposeful, and like fulfilled for whatever, for whenever that happens. Or like when someone messages me and says like, this was so relatable. Like this helped me with this. Or, like it just like does so much for you. And it's just like, Oh, like, I just feel so connected. And for sure. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Especially if you are similar to how we grew up where 
being yourself was like unacknowledged or it it didn't give you confidence or like being the only black woman a lot of times like men don't find you attractive or it's just like all mm-hmm. these like millions of things where your confidence like it's a miracle that any of us have confidence the way the world treats us and then to put that out there and there be people who are actually like feeling empowered by it by us just being ourselves like I never thought that I'd be able to like have a community like that yeah exactly I was like shocked when that happened and I started going live on TikTok like when I didn't have a job and I was just bored and they're like probably only like four or five people on there like I could I could like literally name them but they were always there like I I didn't have any like I was quarantined alone like I was literally by myself the entire COVID um, like the, the I all just, like the, those peak like six months, yeah. um, and I was like, all I have is TikTok. So like, I would just go on there and talk to people, and like literally talking to your phone and have people interact with you. Like it just did like a lot for like my confidence. Like now, like there was a time period where I'd be on live like three hours a day, like throughout the day, just like talking to people. And, like it just like made me happy, and like I still do it now. But like I just like feel like I have like my little like group of people and like like the one message I'll get a week from someone like just like does enough for me to like where like that's like more fulfilling than anything else. Literally, truly it is. And it's it's especially for just knowing that, I mean, even us connecting and being able to know that there's like another mixed woman out there who has like a kind of tentious, contentious relationship with their white family is enough for me to feel yeah. just like this is, this is doing a lot of good and it's a lot. Do you feel like there's anything negative that comes with it that you've had to manage? Um, honestly... It's, it's hard for me to, like, I'm still struggling with, like, I want, like, to ha- interact my TikTok and my Instagram. Like, I want to, like, merge those lives. Those lives just seem so different to me. Um, mm. And, like, I struggle with, like, what people will think. But, like, I do not care what anyone thinks on TikTok. And the thing is, it's, like, ignorance is bliss. Like, I know people I know, like, see my stuff. Like, yeah. I know people from, like, people from my old job saw it and, like, I didn't even know until they told me or like people from my, my new job, my first day told me they saw one of my TikToks and I was like, Oh my gosh, like how? But like ignorance is bliss. Like when I don't know what's happening, like I don't have to think about it. And like, I'll just post yeah. whatever. And like, I still do, but like I won't post whatever on Instagram. Like, I will post whatever on TikTok. Cause I just feel so safe there. Um, yeah. And I want to feel safe in those other areas, but it's like, I struggle with like gaining, gaining the mm. confidence there. Cause like people like are so mean, like, on like Instagram like not everyone is but like it has like a Instagram negative attachment to it it's so tough because it's like on Instagram there as much as people are like be authentic be authentic if I post like an authentic fucking picture then like I get half as many likes if I just looking like a bad bitch so I was like so what I decided is I wrote out all my platforms that I'm on and they all just have different like um like they have different content and they have different like vibes that they're going to get because I'm just not going to like do this. Like it's not all going to work for each one. Like, you know, so like the podcast is not going to be the same thing as the YouTube channel or the TikTok because people want different things on each of them because there's different audiences, you know? Yeah. I think that's really important. I think I need to like get there and probably plan that out more. It's because I think I kind of get stressed out because I'm like, I, it's I, stressful. Yeah. And like, it shouldn't be like, I want it to like continue to be fun and fulfilling for me. And I feel like when it gets stressful, it takes away from that. And like, yeah. obviously like that's part of it. Like when it becomes a job, but like, it's not quite there yet. Like I do make money from it, but it's like, it's not like my sole piece of income. So like, I still want to just like, I don't also don't want to be one of those people who like gets a following and like 
becomes a different person, like in a negative way. Like, oh yeah, I am a different person than I was when I had 5,000 followers, but like in a positive way, because like I've gotten confidence from that. And like, Mm -hmm. I just feel like I can be myself in a safe space, which is carried over into like, into like work and like the friends that I have and like meeting new people. I used to have, I mean, I still have very bad anxiety, but I had anxiety to a different level now than like I do because like I've just gotten comfortable talking about like every piece of my life on TikTok so like now if I meet somebody it's like I'll spill my entire beans to you right it's like your authentic your authenticity was like um valued by this audience and so now you feel empowered to bring that everywhere else and that is a different person of course but like it also you still have your own personality at your core and I don't think that'll go away yeah exactly so I think it's like Goodness, it's not even an ambulance this time. It's like cops. It's so crazy. I literally have not had this much noise, like, and I couldn't even tell you how long. Like, normally it's not this. I guess it's like the middle of the day on a Saturday. People are getting crazy or something. I don't know. I guess maybe there's some day drinking going on. It must be them. something like that. Yeah, which I would love to take part in. Honestly, <laughs> but okay. So, question for you about Instagram, TikTok, growing brand deals, all that type of stuff. Like, how have you, or like, when did you start making money from it, and how are you going about doing that now? And like, I know you want to make it like a full time thing. What standards are you holding yourself to before you were to like quit? a full-time job if you will like I struggle with figuring out how to do that yeah um so I started making money on it um I applied to the creator fund as soon as I hit 10k and people there's a lot of mixed opinions I feel like on the creator Can you fund. Do that? I don't even know what the creator fund is like I need to know I'm confused. yeah um it's just tiktok pays you for views and they don't pay you very much and like i have a terrible ratio of like likes to followers but like i don't and i used to like be bothered by it but i don't care anymore because like you get paid on your interaction not how many followers you have which i love that and a lot of people think like when you join the creator fund like your views don't get as many videos and i mean your videos don't get as many views (laughs) or like they start to shadow ban you or like whatever it is but like I mean, I've had, I think like you get shadow banned either way, like every once in a while, like it's just like part of the algorithm, which like the algorithm is what the algorithm is. Like if I can make some money from it, I might as well. Um, And Mm -hmm. when I had like 10K, I applied to it, like it approves you as long as you're like 18 or whatever. And I made like a hundred dollars like my first month, which like isn't much, but it's like, it's money. Like that pays for my coffee, which like I'm down for. And I fully apply now. Yeah, no, it's, I think I think it's worth doing. Like I always tell people to do it. There's a lot of different opinions that are that are on it, and also like apparently like if you post like what you make on it, like and, like you get kicked out. But I've also seen people get kicked out for literally doing nothing. But, like I've been lucky enough to like not get kicked out, and like there's not like the community guidelines that you have to like follow, like which people do and will still get kicked out. Like I don't really understand it, but I'm like if I can get some extra money from it, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like made hundred dollars my first month, and then my next month I made like five hundred, and now I consistently make about eight hundred dollars just from the creator fund every single month, which like is like a nice extra chunk of money to have like a pays for my car, which like I love that. Period. Um, so I'm like, why wouldn't I do it? Um, so that's the creator fund part of it, and then like with brands and stuff. Um, I actually got my first brand reached out to me when I had less than 10K. And it was such a random brand. I was like, what even is this? Is this real? And it was called Tactic. And it's um, like a Google Chrome add-on where you can um, like record, it like um, notates all of your meetings for you. Oh and, my God. No way. 
It's like, I made an ad for that. And I was just like, what the heck? And they paid me like 200 bucks. And I, I had no followers at the time. And it was just TikTok, but I was making a lot of work from home content at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like the first one I had. And then I was like, once like, they paid me, I was like, oh my gosh, like, that was so simple and easy. So I was like, why don't I just like do this with more stuff? So I started reaching out to brands and I just kind of like did a little bit of research and watched a few YouTube videos and like different stuff. And so I, started, I made like a media kit on like Canva and like made a list of brands I wanted to work with and sent it out to them. And like most of the time, like they said, yes, they either said yes and get um, what's your rate or like, yes, we'll give you free stuff or like, yes, and here's the content requirements. And um, a lot of them like won't make you like won't make you sign a contract and they won't specifically say like you need to make this and you need to make this. Like I'll ask for stuff and they'll say yes okay and what's your address and like i'll send right. my address and they'll like, send me stuff but they never specifically asked for content and i didn't yeah. specifically say i would make content so if they don't make me like sign a contract sign or don't like i'm not making content like i will if i like it comes about like in my vlog or like if i'm really excited about it i will but other than that i'm probably not going to because like what's the point same um, but and also like this crazy brands that will like ask you to do like you made a check, I think a, uh, I think it's on Instagram or something like that about please make 15 stories and please post five Literally. times on your feed. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Never. So, it's not. It's never happening. Yeah. I'm just like, that's absolutely ridiculous. I would never do that. Um, and people do do that. And I'm like, why are you doing this to yourself? And um but like now I just like reach out to brands. I try to email like a few brands every single week and like most of them say yes and send me stuff. And, but it's also like, it's hard to think of like brands that I want stuff from. No, um, right. Cause I don't really, like I was thinking that the other day where I was like, a lot of brands have reached out to me and I'll let them send me, like, if you want to send me something, period, go ahead. Like I'll tell yeah. you. But if um, like, you're not going to pay me my room, I'm not going to post it. And then I was thinking the other day, I was like, okay, well, what brands do I want to work with? And then I was like, I can only really think of 10 because there's like only like 10 like brands probably in my life where I'm like, I'm obsessed with this 100%. And a lot of them are big. Like, fucking Target is not about to be my best friend. Yeah. Know? I feel the same way. I, like, made a list. It's like, it's like Zara. That's all you shop at is Yeah, like Zara. it's Zara. So I want to be a Savage X Fenty ambassador. But yeah. I'm to, I would, like, but, like, <laughs> that's not going to happen anytime soon. So. Yeah, it's, like, really hard. Um, but I'm, like, trying to, like, I one thing that I will say has been really helpful for me is, I'll look at like the hashtag micro influencer on TikTok and I'll look at what brands they're like what I got in a week and I will screenshot I those videos and I'll yeah. write down everyone that they worked with and then I'll go through and I'll email all of them. I love that. Uh, so so you just like figured out how to do it by like watching YouTube videos and Googling it, right? Yep, exactly. Um and that just like it just like worked for like me. And I I, I got my like most of the time I'll charge, like I charge like and between on the brand and what it is and like how much content, like between like 50 and $200, I'm like, they'll, a lot of times like they'll say no, then they'll email me back again a week later and be like, okay, we can make it work. Um, okay. But you need to be charging way more. That's I, my the thing is like, it depends on what the brand is. That's true. That's true. It depends on the brand. And it depends on if it's Instagram or TikTok or both. And it depends on how much the product is. Like, for example, like I reached out to the standing desk company um mm-hmm. last week because like i just want a standing desk for my my um for my new job i just feel like it'll just be it'll work for me and like mm-hmm. this desk is like a standing desk um electric you know and it has all these accessories like it's literally twelve hundred dollars and like right. i'm getting that for free like i'm not charging them to post about it because like i just wanted that badly 
and yeah. it's a $1,200 product. Now, when a brand sends me a product that's like 50 or 100 bucks, I'm charging them for that. But Smart. it just depends on what that. it is. And it's also like, how bad do I want it? Because I really want that desk and that's really expensive and I'm not paying out of pocket for that. So like, I'm happy to like, and they're only making me make one TikTok. That's um, so smart. And I'm like, that's like not even a big deal. It's um, like a two minute thing, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like for like my, the amount of money that that would have cost me on my own. I'm like, absolutely. Like I would have made way more than that. And I love that. Uh, they asked me to make an in-feed in Instagram post. And I'm like, it'll be 200 bucks. And they're like, okay, we'll let you know after the TikTok. And I'm like, okay, great. So like I potentially made make money from that. Um, just depends. But I that's like this. the ideal situation is just to get a bunch of stuff. But you don't get a bunch of stuff without posting a bunch of stuff. And I don't post on Instagram very often, which like I need to get better at, but like I take all my Instagram pictures myself. Um, mm-hmm. And also just like, it's a lot of effort to like get up and like go do something. Um, Period. With my old job, it was, so which nice. is also why I left because when I'm, when I'm working 70 hours a week, I have no time to like pursue this other stuff that I want to grow. And now that I'm really only working 40 hours, like I feel like I have so much time back to like where I can actually work on content and work on meeting with brands and all this different stuff. I'm so happy for you that you switch jobs. And I'm realizing this is getting long and I want to keep talking to you, but I do want to make sure that I do my um, final end of the episode rapid fire questions for you before we wrap up. Sounds good to me. That sound good to you. Uh, we've covered so much. I can't. I'm so excited about this. I feel like there's so much stuff we could talk about. <laughs> I know. Like we could probably talk all day at this point. But okay, <laughs> just for the sake of this recording not being out of control. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the questions are: they will start with dessert or appetizers. Appetizers. See, we are very much connected. Uh, <laughs> Instagram or TikTok. TikTok. Um, mornings or evenings? Evenings. Night owl. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. And then favorite podcast of all time? Of all time, Girls Gotta Eat. Okay. Um, favorite TV show of all time? Grey's Anatomy. Same. Okay. So, and then finally, I like to end the episode with um, this statement, which is, you're too smart for this. So what is something you want young people to know? You're too smart for? Hmm, that's a good one. Hmm, wow. You really caught me off guard. (laughs) Don't worry. Um, I'd say you're too smart to care to care too much. That's like the biggest yeah, yeah. thing I wish I would have told myself. Like once I like let go of caring, like which I still struggle with, but when I let go of that, it did so much for me in so many ways and so many aspects of life. Like I've just never been happier once I learned that. Amazing. Okay, where can everyone find you and your podcast and everything if they want to keep up with you? Yeah, my username is just Jazzy. I don't know with three well not i don't know it's just jazzy idk with three z's and that's my instagram my tiktok and um my podcast is called bringing baggage yay okay brought a lot up today yeah period we clearly did and i love it so thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it so much for listening to too smart for this podcast be sure to leave a review if you liked it it takes two seconds 
and follow the show on Instagram at Too Smart for This Pod. Check back every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes, and make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber for more content about lifestyle, health, and career. And don't forget, you're too smart to not love yourself.